0: To hanging in the nest with your host Josh the Hawk Alonso and Max the Turkey Reuben Scene.
1: It's Monday. It's time for hanging in the nest with the hawk and the turkey. March Madness is in full swing. Turkey, how is your bracket looking? <laughs>
0: I think I threw it out
1: yesterday. I was. I, one think I of threw the... it out of the first day. Did you? Well, I guess I did. A I lot had of Ohio it in talk about sleepers, and I had Ohio State going far. Everything I read about them, statistically they were all there and just blew it. Oral Roberts has now won two games. I know, it's amazing. I mean, we'll
0: get into it a little bit more. But I literally had a great two days, have not lost a single Elite Eight team, and then Illinois loses. My champion and what's the point of watching college basketball anymore?
1: I mean, because the game's great. Also my great. Jayhawks they are amazing. My Jayhawks are still in it. So Rock Chalk Jayhawk, they had a tough uh Tough, tough opening game. Hated how they started, but they finished super strong. They got a great game tonight against USC. The late game, I'm not thrilled about that, but I'll be doing our fantasy (laughs) baseball draft, so I'll be awake. So no worries there. But before we get into all that, Max, everyone's favorite moment of our podcast right here, right now, Bird Fact, what do you got?
0: All right, so I'm actually doubling up. We've talked about this bird before, but I'm realizing the hummingbird is a fantastic animal, Okay? okay? The average man would have to eat around 285 pounds of meat per day to maintain your weight if it had the same metabolism as a little hummingbird. So the metabolism of a hummingbird fantastic if we were to keep our own weight. Well, actually for me I'd like to not keep my weight right now, but an Amen. average man an average man would have to eat a ton to get it down to, you know, to keep it where it is. Hummingbird has over 330 different species. Only negative of a hummingbird, they only live about three to five years. So
1: Wow. But well, I would like their metabolism, but I would to like to live years, a lot longer. Those
0: three to five years are probably fantastic.
1: Yeah. <laughs> All right. So good fact for the week there. Let's get into some news.
0: The news corner.
1: I'll start with the NBA and we'll kick it over to you for hockey in a moment. So the big news out of the NBA, LeBron James goes down with a high ankle sprain could be out anywhere from three to four weeks. This is crucial for the Lakers as you no know, Anthony Davis. They are terrible without Davis and LeBron in the lineup. Obviously they're their stars, but they're currently sitting in the second place in the West, but only four games out of the seventh seed. Meaning if they lose wow. any amount of, game, you know, a certain amount of games over the next couple of weeks, they could be in a lot of trouble. And you have to remember, Due to the new rules based off of what happened last year with COVID, there is play in games. So the seven, eight, nine, and 10 seeds will play each other. So if the Lakers slip down, they could be end up in a playoff um, uh, elimination game prior to even making the playoffs. Could be good and could be bad because if they're the Lakers, you could be end up coming in at a lower seed. You'd have a tough match at the start, but you maybe get that out of the way. So we'll so see what
0: happens there. Hopefully they'll be well rested, ready to go for that stretch run.
1: We'll see what, yeah, absolutely. Then, other big news, LaMelo Ball, fractured bone and wrist, out for the season. Realistically, he was going to be the Rookie of the Year. Not sure how that pans out for him now, but that's a devastating loss. Yeah. Blake Griffin makes his Nets debut last night. Two points in 15 minutes. They did get the win over Washington, but not the best start for Blake Griffin. I'm sure it'll take some time to acclimate him into the offense.
0: His two points, though, was on a dunk, if I
1: remember correctly. So, he looked great there on that dunk. I mean, he can dunk. That is a skill of his. The Rockets lose 20 in a row. They're getting killed out there. And the NBA trade deadline is this Thursday. Lonzo Ball, Victor Oladipo, Kevin Love, Andre Drummond. There's some big names. Bradley Beal has been thrown out. The NBA is interesting. Usually big names get thrown out the week of the um, the the trade deadline. There has been major trades already this season. So I'm not so sure that something big happens. But I would look out for the main two, Lonzo Ball, Victor Olendipo, and Andre Drummond. If he gets bought out, Lakers, Nets, and I hear the Mavericks could be leading options for him. There were some talks about the Knicks. doesn't make a lot of sense to me. as Mitchell Robinson to come back. The Knicks could be buyers at the market here. They're a 500 team, but they're sitting in the four seed right now in the East because the East is terrible. So a lot of action coming out of the NBA. We'll have a big update next week about that. I can't believe – Max, what you... I just can't believe the Rockets, man.
0: 20 in a row? That's not Brutal. good. I really Brutal. thought that wasn't a team – In the NHL, you know, in the NBA compared to the Sabres. But I guess we'll go right into that. The Sabres are on a 13-game losing streak. They have 16 total points in 29 games. And the next closest worst team is Ottawa with 23. So you can really see that the Sabres are terrible. They fired their coach this past week. So it is just a downward spiral for the Sabres. I don't really know what's left in store for them. Uh, so let's just move on from that. The Bruins four players on COVID list, so they are kind of shutting down for a couple of days. Try to do contact tracing, get everything ready to go. Not too concerned about it, um, but we'll see what happens as that goes on. Some big. My injuries. fantasy
1: team is concerned about that, though.
0: Yeah, you got some Bruins on your team. I mean, I got Holick
1: is his last the goalie. Yeah. yeah. rap is hurt. So, but I have both of them on my roster. They've been studs all season. So hopefully I don't miss too many games. And I did move up to third place in our league. Just FYI. I I
0: lost to the last place team. So I'm I'm hurting. I'm not feeling great.
1: Um, We can talk trade after this.
0: So a couple injuries. Evgeny Malkin, week to week with a lower body injury. They don't really know how it's going to go. But it is a knee, so it's going to be kind of week to week see how that happens. And then our Islanders, Anders Lee, the captain of the team, is out for the year, had surgery on his knee. So it's going to be a bad loss for those Islanders who are rolling right now uh, in that division. Brutal, brutal. You know, I know one of our friends is going to have something to say about that.
1: Yes, he will. Besides
0: that, let's talk about some good things. Tampa Bay is on a roll, winning four straight. They are seven two and one in the last ten. Washington and those Islanders, like we talked about, top of the vision. They are both eight and two in their last ten. And then Colorado, a six game winning streak, rolling quick, going six. Or, I'm sorry, eight one and one in the last ten. So those are some teams on a roll right now. Uh, baseball, any baseball news uh, that we have today? We have Salvador. Yeah, you got something. Oh, I got something big. Okay. And I
1: mean, big. Let's hear it. The former governor of New Jersey, Chris Christie, is on the Mets board of directors. Yeah, I set you up on that one. Sorry, Max. Um, what are your thoughts about Chris Christie? I don't know. I hope uh, he's got a nice <laughs> – I mean, I hope he's got a nice <laughs> seat to sit
0: to watch the games uh, because, you know, like uh, if the big news is that and the New York is opening up the stadiums. So maybe he'll yes. have a nice front row seat for watching games. But I don't know. I mean, hey, whatever he wants to do, if he wants to hang out in the board meeting with uh, Stevie Cohen and Sandy Alderson, more power to him.
1: Yeah, I'm good for Chris Christie. Speaking of Chris's, Chris Owings and CJ uh do you get signed by the Rockies. Looks like CJ Cron will be the starting first baseman there. Owings will Owens will be used as more of a utility player. Dev- devastating news to me, Indians send down Oscar Mercado. I really like this kid. I liked him a few years ago when he came up. He came up pretty hot when he got that first call up, but never really bounced back I since that. It's hitting. really a shame. Yeah, he's not hitting. So that's upsetting. Really like the kid. Hopefully he'll be able to straighten himself out. And then the big signing, Royals extend Salvador Perez, four years, $82 million. It's the biggest deal the Royals have ever signed to their organization. Well, good
0: for them. Good for Salvador Perez, you know, one of those catchers that just does it all. He literally plays – I mean, he's been dealing with injuries, but before that, this guy yeah. played every day almost. So, good for him. Yeah. We do have some big news. I'm going to bring this up as well. Did you hear about this Cubs minor leaguer who was busted? So no. A Cubs prospect, Jesus Camargo Corrales, was arrested because he had 21, I'm going to say that again, 21 pounds of meth and 1.2 pounds of oxys in his Cubs bag. So when he was pulled wow. over, you know, he was saying it's just equipment. Not the case. Went through it, found a ton of meth. So wow. he uh, is probably done with baseball. And getting a little he
1: could be done with life. Yeah, yeah. he's
0: going to be looking for something else to do. Um, some big news out of spring training: Brian Hayes, the prospect for the Pirates, is killing it in spring training. I know spring training's not, you know, take it for what it is, but this kid's hitting 441. And then Corey Seeger, six home runs and 13 RBIs to lead those two categories. And then for pitchers, DeGrom, Scherzer, Cole, leading the leagues in strikeouts. But then we have one guy on Miami, Sandy Yeah,
1: 19
0: strikeouts, 12 innings, has yet to give up a run. So, again, I know it's spring training, but things to keep an eye on, especially with our draft tonight.
1: About to say, you're, you might be tipping your hand for the draft tonight. What pick do you have in the draft tonight, Max? I am pick number 10. I hope it Ooh, goes well. 12. 12. What are you hoping for at the 10th pick, if you don't mind me asking? Who, who is the well, target guy for you? Knowing All right. That so the people I, the I don't want to give too listen. much
0: away, right away. But I am looking to maybe starting pitcher, if right. not available, maybe a very solid Atlanta Braves first baseman. Wow. Who knows? I don't know. We'll see what's out there when it happens. Christian Yelich will be available as well, hopefully. So we'll see. I got. I was telling you before. I have two plans in place depending on what happens.
1: Yeah. I'm with you, and I would say for my 12-13 swing, I've made it pretty clear early on what I've been looking for in drafts. I'm talking middle infield, maybe a corner infielder, depending on who it is because he might have dual eligibility of position. So, for me, maybe a certain Rocky, maybe a Cleveland Indian. One of those guys that you mentioned, like the Freeman, the ellich of the world, they could slide if some pitching. Oh, go. Oh, I never, I never said Freddie Freeman. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry. <laughs> You, you must have met uh, Austin Riley there, Alex That's, Riley. Yeah, know yeah. There. yeah, yeah. You know, the yeah. backup. The backup first. Basically. I think he, he plays third, too. But, yeah. <laughs> so, we'll see. Going to be interesting. We'll definitely do a recap, I think, next week yeah. at the draft. at least give people an update on the first two rounds. So, that'll be good. All right. Let's do NFL here, Max. Let's talk signings.
0: There were so many. There were literally so many signings. I don't even know where to begin with this. Um, let's start with the one that was most recent, Kenny G. I wish he would have gone to green, but he is New York blue, going to the Giants on a nice big deal. How are you feeling about that one as a Cowboy fan, a rival of the Cowboys?
1: I mean, I think Kenny Holiday is a great receiver. Do they have the O-line to hold up to give Danny Dimes the opportunity to throw the ball? That's going to be the question. So, but and That's and- the a question. They have the picks, so they have an right. early pick. But you also
0: can't say that they do not give this kid weapons. They are like the anti-Jets. I mean, Danny Dimes is surrounded by options.
1: I like the roster. I think the Giants could be good. You know, we're going to talk about um, some of our top teams and worst teams in free agency thus far. But the Giants made some good moves here. I think this is a good move with Galladay. They obviously re-signed Leonard Williams. I like what they're doing. Let's see what they do in the draft. Do they give him the protection he needs to m- make these big plays? And does Saquon Barkley come back healthy? That's the other big thing.
0: So what else you got for signings?
1: So we're just going to run through these real fast, just give people updates. Deshaun Jackson signed with the Rams yesterday at a speed threat there. Kyle Fuller to the Broncos on a one-year $9 million, $9.5 million. The Jets did make a big detray- uh, signing with Sheldon Rankins. Which
0: is great. Two I year- think that's a great
1: deal. Great deal. Great deal there. Uh, a couple other things out there Miami Dolphins got Will Fuller Juju Schuster goes back to Pittsburgh Chris Carson goes back to Seattle So I would say a couple moves I was just surprised by Where teams like that Got Their players back I wouldn't have thought Carson or Juju went back to those teams Juju took a one-year prove-it deal He also Carson paid, like deal. a big pay cut too Like he was getting more money from other teams But he really wanted yeah. to stay in Pittsburgh Which is shocking to me Yeah very weird the Eagles sign Anthony Harris to one-year deal. And the big news for me is the Cowboys got a safety as Keanu O'Neill one-year, $5 million deal, reunited with Dan Quinn. Love the pickup. He is great in the secondary. Also a great run stopper from the secondary. And considering we let up like 150 yards per game rushing last year, we need all the help we can get on the run defense. So really liking that signing.
0: Behind the Line.
1: All right, let's talk pickups and bets for this week. Let's do some hockey first, Max. What do you got out there? We didn't do this last week, so we're back at it. Yes, so I'm
0: picking because we are starting earlier, a little bit later today. I'm going to go with the 10 o'clock games tonight. There are four of them. I wanted to bet them all. Okay, first up, Colorado minus one and a half against the Coyotes, like I talked about before, Colorado six in a row. Their goalies are absolutely killing it in those six games. Grubauer has three shutouts, so they are not giving up a lot of goals. Arizona, they've been outscored 35-14 to 14 in every game that they've played against Colorado. So a lot of um, pretty big margin there. So give me Colorado minus one in the five. Vegas against the Blues. Tough game, but give me Vegas to win that game. Vegas is... Pretty good right now. They've only lost three games in the last 14. They are also very good at home, and the Blues have been dealing with a lot of injury. Let's also go with the under. Now I don't normally bet the under, but I am going the under in the Jets nuts game, which is a six uh goals. So in the last 10 games, Vancouver's only scored two and a half goals, and the Jets have only scored 3.1. So if that happens, that's going to be the under. So I'm hoping. They hit the under there. And then last one, this is my surprise pick. The Kings to win against the Sharks. Kings are feeling great. They are hot right now. They beat Vegas the other night, so they are definitely rolling, and the Sharks are going in the opposite direction. They are minus, I'm sorry, they have lost four games in a row, and they are also terrible at home. They've lost six games, and they are just not a good home team. So those are my four bets. I got Colorado minus 1.5, Vegas to win, the under in the jets Canucks game, and the Kings to win as well. Josh, what about you? You are the man that makes these bets. You have been doing way better than I am. So give the teams, give the people something that they want.
1: So if I'm doing better than you, I'm still not doing great. So Hey, I got (laughs) to tell you, it's still better. It's still better. I'm taking the Bucs minus five and a half. I'm taking the Clippers six minus six and a half. And I'm taking the under 223 and a half Houston and the Raptors. I like the Bucs and the Clippers. I think they have good matchups and should cover the spread here. The under Houston, as we just talked about, is playing terrible. So I like the under in that game. I'm doing a three team parlay to kind of get back to the swing of things. Thought about going four or five, getting wild. Let's just kind of start off clean here. Let's take the Bucs and the Clippers. Top-notch teams getting easy wins here against bad teams and the under in that Houston Raptors game. So I like those for this. And I post that to Twitter earlier today.
0: Yes, and I will be posting my bet for tomorrow. There's my little um, surprise play. Tomorrow's bets will be there for you bright and early. I like it. Okay, pickups. Let's go back to hockey for a second. I have three names I want to bring up. One of them is a ranger having a killer Last 12 games, Pavel Buchneves, the unrestricted free agent, so he is playing for a nice contract. 16 points in his last 12 games, 28 points in the 29 games this year, and then last week alone he had six points. So he's really doing well. The other one I'm going to do is a goalie, Jack Campbell, for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Frederick Anderson has been dealing with injuries, and even though he's kind of trying to play through it, it is definitely affecting his game. Since Jack Hamill became a maple leaf, he is 7-2-1 with a 934 save percentage. That is very good. And actually currently has a two-game shutout streak. So he has a nice little streak going of 133 minutes without a goal allowed, which is awesome. And then the last one I'm going to do is a defenseman, Philip Hordick, who is a wing. Okay, if you're looking for assists, this is the guy that gets it. He only has one goal but he's got 17 assists already this season. He plays on the power play. So he gets you those power play points as well. So he's the guy you should get. Josh basketball pickups. Who are we getting?
1: Starting off with Jordan pool, golden state warriors. Curry's a little banged up in the two starts pool has had. He's had 25.5 points, three rebounds, three assists, 1.5 steals on that. You know, that's his average really like him even with Curry back good depth play here next i have marcus morris he has got reinserted into the starting five his last three games 14.6 rebounds four assists 11.7 rebounds two assists and then he had 13 points this last game a couple of rebounds a little bit rocky the last game but overall he's getting you about 13 points a game he's going to get six to seven rebounds a few assists and steals so he does fill up the stat sheet not uh Game changer, but a solid fill-in if you have injuries. Last guy I'm going with is De'Anthony Melton. Four last four games, been really good. Good three-point shooter. Not getting a ton of minutes, but when he's out there, he's putting up 12 points with three rebounds and three assists. So, again, nothing earth-shattering here. What I would look out for, though, is with the NBA trade deadline out there, depending on who gets traded, it's going to open up roster spots for other guys on the team. So look out for that. Next week we'll have some new, up, new people to pick up. But the deadline will change things up, so be on the lookout for that.
0: Interesting. Yeah, that deadline always makes things interesting. And not to mention, there could be people who lose minutes as well. Right. So it's going to be a very interesting thing. Actually, when you were going over that, Andrew Drummond to the Lakers would definitely help their injury issues right now. It would be uh, very interesting.
1: Yeah. it's. Uh, i like to see him go to the de- the Mavericks personally. I like to see Luca and Porzingis have like a real center underneath to get rebounds. Their ability to shoot. I just think it'd be fun to watch. And Drummond can run the floor. So the Lakers, they they won last year. Let's switch it up. So court is
0: in session.
1: We're talking free agency again here. We're gonna go our top three, bottom three, or four, give or take here. We spoke a little about free agents earlier. But Max, give me your top team out there. Who has done the best in NFL free agency thus far? Well, oh, I hate to admit
0: it, but the Patriots have done something uncharacter and uncharacteristic. They don't really spend in the offseason. They have spent already 250 million dollars. And Last I checked, I am actually getting looked at to be signed by the Patriots because they are signing absolutely every single person, okay? Hunter Henry, John New Smith, the big tight ends are going back to the same team. I think that what the Patriots are trying to do is maybe get that Aaron Hernandez, Ron Gronkowski
1: going again where their team literally ran through the tight ends. Yeah, they, they, it's 12 personnel, two tight ends, two receivers, and a running back. That is like the Bill Belichick way. That's what they're heading back towards. It's going to be dirty. Yeah, yep. and I think they need those
0: two tight ends. And, yeah, Hunter Henry and Johnny Smith are perfect to do it. They yep. also signed Ed Rusher, Matt Dudon, and they got Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, some good wide receivers. They signed Cam, I guess whatever you want to say about that. And then they got Kyle Von Noy back on a very cheap deal.
1: I'll just add to that. I think the Cam thing is interesting. There's not a lot of risk involved with how they signed Kim. He has to like make the team and win games and start to make all right. his. Moves. So they may not be down at quarterback. I'd look out for that. The other thing that they did, which I really like is they re-signed David Andrews. They got Trent Brown back from the Raiders who did very well when he was in New England. I think that's a good move. And they signed Ted Carras saying his name, probably wrong, but from Miami, another good offensive lineman. So they built up an offensive line. They got receivers, tight ends, a plethora of defensive players. Jalen Mills as a safety kind of a switch army knife back there. Can do a little bit of anything, safety corner, et cetera. They're going to be good. I like them a lot.
0: All right. What about, what else you got, Josh? Who is your next team that's had a great offseason so far?
1: So you could put like the bucks here. And I think we'll talk about that in a second. I went with Cleveland over them though. Cleveland very underrated this offseason. Fix their biggest problem, which was in the secondary. This is a Cleveland team that beat Pittsburgh in the first round of the playoffs. Played well in the second round. They just picked up John Johnson. Probably, again, people will debate, I think one of the best safeties in the league. You put him with Troy Hill, another good secondary guy. They added two guys up front in Tack McKinley and Malik Jackson, who are very talented as well. And they re-signed Rashard Higgins all prior to the draft. So they made a huge move on the defensive side without using any draft picks yet. They got a good deal for Johnson. I think he's going to kill it for them. The Browns will get Odell Beckham back healthy. I just think they're going to be a team that's going to be in the mix again next year and these moves help you when you have to play teams like the Chiefs, like the Ravens that have big offenses. Johnson and Hill in the back um, in the secondary is going to be big for them. So give me the Cleveland Browns at number 2.
0: Yeah, I definitely think the Browns have made some moves. It's going to be interesting. We talked about it before, though. My team is the Bucks. They obviously won the championship this year. They were in a huge cap crunch. And for the most part, everybody's coming back with some maneuvering of some money. Gronk signs, Brady's back, Levante David, Shaq Barrett. And then they franchised, hey, Chris Godwin. The heart of that team is still there going strong. And, you know, thinking about all those things, it might hurt them the previous year and the year after that because of the money that they've moved around and everything like that. But they are still in that playoff window and, or I'm sorry, they still in that championship window. So, you know, repeating, they have the same team. So anything's possible there in Tampa Bay.
1: Yeah. Agree. Yeah. Tampa's in the mix for sure. For me, I went with the Jets next though. I'm surprised. Hear me out though about the Jets. I love the Corey Davis signing. They needed a legit receiver. He is a legit receiver. He's had some injury question marks, but he gives them someone that can do things that they don't have on the field today. He's bigger. He can move. Good route runner. I like the Davis signing. The other things I like that they did is Keenan Cole also added some receiver depth there as well in the slot. Very talented. Lamarcus well, Joyner, Carl Lawson, and Jared Davis are all solid defensive players. Now, the defense was decent to begin with i think you added to it and you still have the fourth overall pick so i think they did what they uh, sorry second overall pick i said fourth but i meant second i assume they're going to trade out that's why in my head i I Mm -hmm. like to put them down for it but i would trade out if i was the jets but that's just me i don't think taking the quarterback there makes sense give Darnold the chance i just like the moves i think they did what i would expect a lot of teams to do which is fill some of their holes, get some players that have some upside. Davis is under 30 years old. I like him a lot. wasn't perfect, but they've had a good offseason so far. And it's not over yet. The offseason is still going on. I,
0: as a Jets fan, I'm a little hesitant about the Corey Davis signing. I'll be interested to see, you know, what happens here. But I am definitely skeptical about that passing game. To a team that I am actually pretty interested in, because I think they actually have a good core – I am going with the Washington football team. Okay, Ryan Fitzpatrick, he just gets it done. It's not pretty. He's been around. He's been on almost every team in the NFL already. But he is just a good quarterback when he gets the chance to play. So I like Ryan Fitzpatrick going to Washington. It kind of gives him like a year stopgap where they can kind of figure out what's going to happen after that. They signed Curtis Samuel, who is a great receiver, to kind of go on the other side of uh, Terry McLaurin. With Antonio Gibson there, that's a great offense you already have there. And they short up their defense with cornerback William Jackson III, who is going to, yep. like you talked about this before, kind of going to be that quarterback on the back end um, yes. of that secondary. I think he is a great, great cornerback, and I think Washington could have a good team. They won last year their division, so who knows what
1: happens this year. Yeah, I would agree. I actually had, like you said, I had them right there with the Jets. Love the Curtis Samuel signing him and Gibson, to your point. They're both interesting because so they can line up all over the field. So I really like that about them. Of course, Fitzmagic is Fitzmagic. He's going to have his good days and bad. But it allows them, to your point, right, not to force the QB situation. They don't have to take one this year now with Fitzpatrick there. Hopefully he gets to stay healthy and give some stability to the position. They were under 500, but did win the division. So imagine that stable quarterback the entire time who was somewhat consistent in playing. They could even be better. All right, So
0: when there is good, there is always bad. And there are some teams that have had a very rough off season. So, Josh, kick us off. Who's had
1: a tough off season so far? So I don't know if I'd call it tough. I'd call it weird, the first team I'm going to throw out. But what are, what are the Texans doing? So we didn't get to talk about this in the news segment, but Deshaun Watson has been in the news. There's some issues going on there. Um, he's having – It sounds like up where near 20 different women are accusing him of sexual assault. We'll see what happens there. In the meantime, they've signed Mark Ingram, Philip Lindsay, and restructured David Johnson's deal. So they have three running backs, that I don't know what they're going to do with Johnson and Ingram. Probably, especially Ingram, towards the downside of the career. Lindsay's still young enough where I'd be interested to see. Then they trade for Ryan Finley. They sign Tarad Taylor. They trade for Shaq Lawson, moving um, McKinley. So they just trade one bad contract for another. I just don't know what's happening, and none of these moves to me say rebuild, right? It's like they're assuming Deshaun's going to play and be the want to be there, which is a mistake. They're like weirdly filling in these gaps, and not in a good way. So I just don't know what they're ha- what's happening here. So I can't get behind it, and to, for that reason, I think they're towards the bottom here when it comes to free agency.
0: Yeah, they're doing a lot of weird things. Another team that has definitely struggled this off season are those Chicago Bears. Mm-hmm. Now, the weird thing is because Matt, Nag- Matt Nagy and their GM Ryan Pace are pretty much on the hot seat even before this year starts, so they had to come out swinging in the off season, and to be honest, they really have not. They tried what they could do to get um, Russ. Russell Wilson from the Seahawks and it did not work. I hear they offered a lot. I think it was three first rounders, two players. Like it was a big package. They said no. So what do they do? They sign Andy Dalton. And that's definitely not what you want to do, especially when you're going from Mitch Trubisky to Andy Dalton's not a great move. They also lost Kyle Fur- uh, Fuller and they just released him. Like it was, there was a money issue He's not a guy that you just released. He was already picked up. I think he went to the Broncos, Broncos. if I'm not mistaken. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, I don't know. I have no idea what they're doing. So two guys who are already on the hot seat are definitely struggling with this offseason
1: so far. I'll just add to that. I don't think there's anything wrong with signing Andy Dalton, but if he's going to be your quarterback of the future, well, in the short term, of a team that made the playoffs, they could make a push. Dalton's not going to take you over the hump. At best, he's going to do what they did last year, right? Can't be any better than that. So I don't understand that. They did tag Allen Robinson. I'm sure he's dying to get out of there. He's going to take his big payday for a year and get out. So I agree with you about the Bears. I'm going for me, Max. The next team I'm talking about is the Raiders. I'm a bit concerned about what the strategy is here. They are releasing or trading their entire offensive line. I don't know what, how you help your team when you get rid of Rodney Hudson, Trent Brown, and Gabriel Jackson, all of which, well, two of them were traded. Jackson went to Seattle, if I'm not mistaken. Trent Brown, we talked about earlier, went to the Patriots. I think Rodney Hudson still out there. So who's protecting Derek Carr? They signed John Brown. I told you I wanted them to sign Kenny Galladay, so they don't get this big upgrade at receiver. They got Brown, who's injury-prone and somewhat talented. And to top it all off, they signed Kenyon Drake, who I think Drake's a talented player. But what are you doing with Josh Jacobs? So is Jacobs off the field completely on passing down scenarios, and he's just a runner and a goal line specialist? But an interesting thing about that is Drake was one of the best and most efficient running backs at the goal line last year. So are you going to do two RB sets? I just don't know what they're doing. And when you add a running back like this and you trade your own line, Again, those, these moves just don't add up. So I don't know what the Raiders are doing. They've been sitting in that middle of road, eight and eight, for like a few years now under John Gruden. I don't see them taking the next step with these kind of moves. So I'm putting the Raiders on the list.
0: And Just to add to that, there is a report that they want Kenyon Drake to be receiver. So it's going to be very interesting just to see their plan. But there was an NFL exec, exec that came out, tweeted, John Gruden has no idea what he's doing right now. So I think the whole NFL is all confused by what's going on there um, as well. The last team I wanted to bring up, we talked about it a little bit before, are the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. They lose Shaq Griffin. They lose Carlos Hyde, who was able to step up and actually played okay when Carson was hurt. And then they lost David Moore, a very good depth wide receiver for them. They did sign Witherspoon to kind of replace him, but he's not great. They overpaid a little bit for him. They still haven't signed any ed- r- edge rushers. And Wilson is still not happy. They've done almost nothing for that offensive line. And this kid's been sacked all the time. And it's really, you know, talked about him trying to be – wanting to get out of there. You haven't done anything to keep him there. So, again, I know the offseason is not over yet, but Seattle's got to do something to try to make Russell Wilson happen.
1: I'm going to call it here. Bold prediction. Russell Wilson is not a Seahawk at the start of next season. Wow. I think he will get traded. I think they're waiting for the right move. He'll be traded.
0: Do you think it has something to do with Deshaun Watson now? Do you think those two moves kind of go hand in hand?
1: I don't know. I think part of me is waiting to see the Seahawks trying to figure out what kind of move can they really make when it gets closer to the draft. I think that's when teams start getting a little bit more interested. And just because those were teams – you know, Russell Wilson's agent listed teams he wants to go to doesn't mean that list couldn't expand. Like, for example, if the Jets called up and said, hey, you could have the fourth pick, Sam Darnold, and a few other things. If I was the Jets, I'd take that in a heartbeat. maybe – I
0: I was going to say, I did hear a report also that um, the coach of the Seahawks – What's his name? The coach of the Seahawks – Pete Carroll, Carroll. yeah. He loves Sam Darnold. So maybe – but I'm all for that. If that's all it takes, I'm all about
1: it. Well, so I mean, I so I, I said fourth again, but sorry, second round, pick, second overall pick. Yeah. But if you if three the going rate's three first round picks, you have to give them, But the key thing here, where the Bears' issue was, the Bears pick late, the Jets yeah. pick set. So this year's pick is very high. You could do a lot with that itself. You could either pick a player there. You could then trade it, get more assets. There's so many different things they could do with a higher pick. So. If Russ opens it up a bit, I could see that being an option. But Russ, bold prediction, not a Seahawk by the start of the season.
0: Interesting. All right, it's going to be interesting. We're going to see what happens. Plenty of time in this offseason. We also have the draft as well. So teams who are maybe having a rough one could easily turn it
1: Yep. And uh, Max and I will do a bold prediction NFL draft style mock as we get a little closer into April. Absolutely. The Top Ten. We're talking Top Ten now, folks. We're doing our Top Ten Favorite Sports Moments. For us, it's all about the teams that we like, the players that we like. So, Max, remind everybody, what are your top favorite teams out there in the, the wild world of sports? So, I am a
0: huge Mets fan, Rangers fan, Jets. I also like fantasy football, which, you know, we'll get into that another time. But, Those are my three teams. I don't really have a basketball team. I don't really have a college football, or basketball team. You know, it just, I like March Madness. I like the big games into it. So I don't really have a rooting interest there. Josh, what about yourself?
1: Give me the Yankees, Cowboys, Knicks, and Rangers. College basketball, I'm all things Jayhawks. College football, big Penn State fan. I also follow anything Nick Saban. So I always like Alabama. Obviously a bit of a conflict of interest with Bama and Penn State there, but Again, I like Nick Saban. Love college football, so those are my teams. Give me your six through ten, Max, starting at number ten.
0: All right, so I'm going to try to do this quick, but I do the f- number ten moment for me is actually not a one of my teams moment. It's actually an, a, a night. So if you go back to 2011 in the MLB last game of the season, the Red Sox and Rays were tied going into that final game and the reds- uh the Rays erased a nine and a half game lead in September, and then on the other side, the Cardinals erased eight and a half games over uh trying to remember who they had I think it was I don't remember but they completed this eight and a half game stretch where they got back into it, and games just ended around the same time. Tampa Bay was down uh seven nothing to the Red so- uh, to the Yankees, and they came back to win the Red Sox were up and lost to the Orioles, so they were able to get in. And then on the complete other side, the Phillies beat the Braves. And after the Cardinals won, they got in. So it was just like a lot of big moments there. So that's my number 10 sports moment. Number nine, Wilmer Flores, the no trade, crying on the field, and then hits a home run two days later after he was not traded to walk off against the Nationals. Great moment in 2015 there. Number eight, in 2005, Mets Angels there was a pinch hit inside the park home run by Marlon Anderson in the ninth inning. Okay. To tie that game up. And then Cliff Floyd in the 10th hits a walk-off home run to win it. The reason that was such a big moment is because the pitch before he fouled it off, like just fouled it off. Um, and it just went foul around that home, the foul pole. So that was a great moment that he hits it. The next pitch. Number seven, 2012 Rangers, Marion Gabrick, triple overtime win against the Caps in Game 3. Triple overtime. I mean, that's amazing. What a moment there. And number six, 2000. I'm going way back here. The Mets erase an eight, um, I'm sorry, a seven-run deficit in the eighth inning, capped off by a Mike Piazza three-run home run to have a 10-run eighth and then shockingly amando benitez has a perfect ninth to win the game and it was firework night okay so wow. what a great moment there couldn't believe that comeback it was awesome
1: interesting okay for me a little bit different of course of course number number 10 i'm starting with tire woods actually uh, oh, 2019 him hugging his son as a golf fan what a moment 22 years later you know, or sorry, earlier he was hugging his father as he won his first Masters to so now hug his son. As a sports fan, as uh, a person that just loves, you know, his family and the like moments like that, it was just perfect and I think, you know, really encapsulates the sport greatly. So I like that moment at number 10. Number nine, being a Nick fan is tough, but in 1985, just before I was born, they had a, a ping pong ball basically fall their way and they got Patrick Ewing with the first overall pick. And I picked that moment because I got to watch the Knicks of the 90s, and they really haven't been any good since. So I miss Patrick Ewing. His Georgetown Hoyas did lose, but proud of Patrick Ewing and doing well in Georgetown. Number eight, I stay with basketball, and I'm going Larry Johnson's four-point play, 1999 Eastern Conference Finals. Hits a four-point play to beat the Pacers in game three. The Knicks end up going on to make the championship, lose to the Spurs in six. But. Great moment. That four point play was awesome. Anytime the Knicks could beat Reggie Miller, I was four. <laughs> Number eight, I'm going Emmett Smith, 2002, October 27th. He becomes the all time leading rusher in the NFL. So great moment for Emmett Smith and my Cowboys. Number seven, I'm going 1994. The Rangers win the Stanley Cup. Game seven, they win 3 2 over Vancouver. No particular moment in the game, just the fact that the Rangers won the Cup. Obviously, I haven't seen that since, so it's like of <laughs> we need it, right? And number six, I'm going Aaron Bleep and Boom, 2003 ALCS, 11th inning. He sat eight innings, waiting for his opportunity. Comes in off of Tim Wakefield, the knuckleballer, and sends it over the left field wall. The Yankees win.
0: Man, it is so easy to be a Yankee fan. I'm just like thinking about my list and what I'm going to end, like what my number one is, and just comparing it to a Yankee moment. It's just going to be, it's just crazy to think about. I'm going to be honest with you right now, as a huge Ranger fan, I did not put that on my list because I was considering myself too young to be involved in sports. So while I do appreciate that moment, these moments that I have on here, I was old enough to understand and experience it. But, yes, 94, amazing game against Vancouver Canucks to win the Cup. My dad was there, said it was the greatest moment of all time as my younger brother was throwing up on my mother. So, I mean, you know, it was just one of those moments that, yeah. Um,
1: and apologize. I
0: apologize.
1: I did one extra. I did six. Boone was my fifth. I apologize. Nope. I did miscount. I did a little switch at the end. So You got yes.
0: excited. I understand.
1: I got excited, yes. So, should I finish my list? I'll, I'll yeah, finish. Sure. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. Go to it.
1: So number four, I'm going to keep getting excited. I'm going to take us all the way back to Derek Jeter baseball right here. Okay, Not that long ago, but there was a moment where I was at my friend's house playing poker. I go, got a little sick. Don't know what happened. I left the game. I get home to turn on the TV, and the Yankees are playing the Red Sox. There's a pop fly heading out of bounds, and Derek Jeter, because it's a close game and he always wants to win, Decides to dive headfirst into the bleachers, catch the ball, and make the play. If there isn't a moment like that in all of sports where I could just look at a guy and say, that's a captain of a team, that's a leader of a team, dive in headfirst in. So give me Derek Jeter at number four. He'll be on this list again in a minute. Okay. Number three, I'm going Alabama over the Georgia Dogs. Okay. 2019. Tua, now the quarterback of the Miami Dolphins, throws a 41-yard touchdown pass in overtime to now Heisman winner Devontae Smith. Huge play. I remember being in my apartment in the East Village in New York, just screaming out the words Roll Tide as they win the national championship. Next, I'm going 2008, number two. I'm talking March Madness time frame here, folks, so it's perfect. Memphis and Derrick Rose and John Calipari are going against my Kansas Jayhawks. They could not, Memphis, could not make a foul shot the all, all game long. They're up two. Derrick Rose at the line and misses the first shot. He makes the next one, though they're down three. Mario freaking Chalmers. Gets up and nails a clutch three to push the game to overtime. Memphis had a shot, but they missed. The Jayhawks end up winning the game 75-68. Memphis looked completely frazzled in overtime after blowing the game. I mean, they blew it. But Mario Chalmers, they almost – messed up the play as almost dropped the ball or turned the ball over they end up getting it to mario chalmers hit the three i remember running down the freshman hallway on my building just screaming because my suite mate at the time was a huge memphis fan and he was furious with me and i just couldn't stop screaming so great moment that's number two for me and number one i'm going back to the captain i'm going back to Derek jeter I think we all know what I'm going to say. He flips that ball behind his back, gets the out at home plate, tagging, I'm pretty sure it was Jason Giambi and the Oakland A's. Yeah. What a moment. Like, I just don't think you'll ever see a play like that again. It just, it, it was just so impressive on in such a big stage. Perfect throw from right field. Jeter flips the ball behind his back and gets the guy out at home. Just, so yeah, it's yeah. easy to be a sports fan like me. I got... Bama Jayhawks and Yankees and they're just winners all the time. Maybe I'm on the bandwagon, but I'm also a Cowboys and Knicks fans and it has been a rough, rough go. So give me something here, people.
0: That's that's fair. Good list. I remember a lot of those moments, man. I definitely remember Mario Chalmers. I mean, (sighs) what a name. Like, first of all, to hit that shot. Oh man, that is a good moment, I have to say. Good moment there. All right, number five for me is my one of three live moments when I was actually there. We're in the 2009 2009 season, week 17. Jets needed to win to get into the playoffs against the Bengals. It was freezing cold. This was January. I think it was either just the end of December or January. It was so cold where we tailgated the chili that we were eating just about froze before I was able to put it in my mouth. It was so cold, but the Jets come out and stomped the Bengals 37 to nothing. I mean, it was a beatdown. It was an awesome game. Just the moment of being there, freezing cold, great game. They wound up playing the Bengals again the next week and beat them to keep going on. I mean, that was a great moment there. Number four, Johan's no-hitter. Mm. The first one in Mets history. In 2012, 134 pitches basically ends his career because he went all out in that start. (laughs) I mean, if you think about it, I don't remember. I don't know when he retired after that, but there wasn't much success after that game. He basically left it all out there. I was working that night, and I was trying my absolute hardest to get home. I was flying. This is when I was living in Albany. I was flying to try to get home to see the ending. I was not able to, but I have to say that call on the radio was fantastic. So that's number four. Number three, I'm going back to the Rangers, another live moment. Merrick Malik threw the legs, shootout goal in round 15 against the Capitals. This is a guy that does not score, probably has about the same amount of goals as I do in when he played in the NHL, but he has the audacity to put it between the legs shootout shot to win the game. My whole family was there. My mom and brother were saying, we have to catch the train or we're going to miss it. Me and my dad are telling them to just shut up and sit down. If you don't (laughs) want to watch the game, you don't have to. But we're like into that. He hits it. Literally, he shoots that in to win it. And me and my dad my whole family, we take off running to the train in just a happy moment. We didn't hit the train, so we had to wait an hour. But what a great moment there. Number two, going back to the Rangers as well, Brad Richards scores with 6.6 seconds left to send the game to overtime. Um, And then Mark Stahl wins it in overtime. I literally freaked the heck out. I remember it was late at night. I remember I started the game with the lights off. And because of my weird superstition, I did not turn the lights on. So it was complete darkness. All of a sudden, this loud scream. I'm sure the cops thought something was going on. And this is what I was talking about for my number one moment. This is another live moment, but it just says how easy it is to be a Yankee fan because my moment is a Mets game in defeat. But Game 7, 2006, Andy Chavez, the catch in that game. Listen, I was there, and maybe that's why it has a little special, you know, part in my heart, but that catch in Shea Stadium literally almost made the place fall down. We were in the upper deck, me and my dad. It was so loud. It was – Literally shaking. I was terrified. I thought we were going to fall down. Okay, he doubles off. I think that bat was Scott Rollins. I think he doubled off Jim Edmonds. That was the moment. The Mets weren't going to lose. There was no way. You make a play like that in the game to get you to the World Series, it was game seven, you ain't going to lose. But we know how it ended. But still, as a sports fan, that moment to be there to see that catch live –
1: Oh, my God. Yeah, I mean, and there's so many other moments. I mean, thinking about, like, game one of that World Series, Yankees-Mets, that Jose Vizcaino in extra innings winning. Yep. The other moment I think about, too, and this is going to sound interesting for the fantasy fans out there, I did a fantasy baseball league. It was a Roto league. I was in second place. Needed a run scored from Curtis Granderson. He ends up last at bat of the season. Puts it over the fence. I end up screaming so loud that my roommate at the time was coming down from the quad, which is probably a good football field away, at least. And he's like, did you hear someone screaming? And I was like, I think that was me. Because <laughs> <You know? laughs> Granderson puts it over the wall. So, got to love sports. Great moments. I'm sure there's
0: so many more, too, that we could bring up. But Absolutely. These, these definitely came out to us. Um, obviously, our lists are totally different. But, you know, it was good to kind of hear all those things and just the emotion that brings up.
1: Yep, absolutely. Well, thank you, everybody, again, for listening here at Hanging in the Nest. I'm the Hawk, Max the Turkey Rubenstein over there. We will see you next week.
0: All right, later, everybody.